Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tau I make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy, never think about the drop Never, ever, ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT Show. What a weekend of football and sport. It's Easter weekend. If you live in the Western world, I'm not a Jesus guy. Not into it. Never been religious. But my family is religious. Or my, my mom is, at least. Never really been sure with my dad. It's tough. He's a scientist, you know. Don't really want to open that one up. But... Never really asked. He's not the type of guy you ask about that kind of stuff. You know. So not too sure. Shout out if you do the Jesus thing. Like, hey. Whatever makes you not murder. And be nice to people. Most of the time. You don't have to be nice to people all the time. It's hard being human. Don't have to be nice all the time. It's ridiculous. I know everyone's perfect on social media. But whatever makes you. A person who. Ideally isn't going to steal from society or murder again murder is a good one i think don't murder whatever makes you not a murderer do that thing so if you need jesus not to murder people because people can be testing (laughs) people can be testing don't murder them though there's better options and if you on easter think hey he died came back I, i don't really know the whole story too well don't want to offend too many people here it's not my thing. Never been my thing. At all. Stop asking me. Uh, 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 having said that about the offending thing, I don't actually care about offending people. Why do people presume I'm religious? Why is that just a fair presumption? Like, people always say, bless you, or, or I'll pray for you. Like, no, don't pray for me. Don't worry about it. If I need you to pray for me, I'll tell you. How about that? Sanctimony. Hey, hey, religious people are some of the most sanctimonious people. They think they are perfect. Don't they? Crikey, Moses. And Moses, another guy in the book. But I'll pray for you. I mean, oh, all right. Will you? Will you, Stephanie? Will you pray for me in Jabulo? Really? You're going to pray for me because you're perfect. And I'm guessing God's going to listen to you and fix me. You, you bloody sanctimonious hey like religious people get a grip they need to get a grip i'm not saying don't be religious i'm saying you're not better than the rest of us you're not (laughs) maybe in the kingdom of god but not on earth oh my goodness The, the, the religious people get me going you know the ones who think they're better than everyone you know those are the ones that get me going it's like you won't know salvation without... Oh, my goodness. Like, oh, why are we here? I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask you to pray for me or not pray for me. At no stage did I bring it up. No need for you to think you already know what's good for me. 
you're probably cheating on your husband or wife anyway, or whatever, you know, and I'm not judging you for that. <laughs> life's hard. Life's tough. Maybe, maybe, maybe your husband's a terrible person and deserves to be cheated on, you know? Why is nobody having that conversation? Why, why, do, why, why do we never open that conversation up, you know? People always go, I can't believe he cheated. I can't believe she cheated. Why doesn't anybody ever say, how bad was the partner? Do you know? What? Uh, so somebody once said to me, unmet needs will be met. Maybe you're not emotionally supporting your partner. And she found some solace somewhere else. You know? Maybe you're just, you Jimmy, maybe you're just a bad husband. And I, I think in 2023, we should be able to say that to husbands and wives. Like, you're just a bad husband. On the metrics of good and bad, you were just a bad husband. So your wife went and slept with another guy or, or girl. You know, whatever. It's also 2023. Let's be open to what's possible. But yeah, Easter. Hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. Not a thing for me. Don't really like sweet stuff. Don't really, don't like sweet stuff at all. I tell you what I will treat myself to once a week. Somebody was asking me about diet the other day. I think it was at the office. I say, the one thing I will treat myself to once a week is ice cream. I love an ice cream. I live I live in a place called Parkhurst now. I don't live in the Morningside anymore. It's a big downgrade, by the way. Massive downgrade in terms of um, the loca locale. Parkhurst, oh my word. Bit of a dump, to be honest with you. And not a bit of a dump, it's a dump. Compared to living in Morningside. Morningside, five star. Here, like an overnight, like the type of motel you'd go to to have a bloody affair to get back to that theme that's parkers compared to morningside however it's got very trendy restaurants kind of like the energy here you know so i was morningside suburbia here very cool funky blue hair people artisty you know it's where my office is <clears throat> i got a rule wherever you work you should live there like i don't know why people live far from their work if they can afford to do something about it. if you've got two kids and they're in school this part of the show is not for you. I don't know what your world's like. I don't have kids. I'm not married. Usually my work is my life. So I think move where you work because what's more important than your work? Anyway, Parkhurst. Bloody hell. What a place. Anywho, ice cream place here. It's very, very nice. I, I think it's... No, nah, I shouldn't say it. If, if people want me to talk about their ice cream, they should put it on the show. So ice cream bit of a weakness for me bit of a weakness for me so i'll treat myself to one ice cream a week my favorite chocolate what you're you're wondering is a five star a lot of people ask me that do you like sweets do you like i say yes i'm human of course i like that stuff i just don't eat it because i know the long-term effect so a five star a five star chocolate if you want my attention that was the one to get me with about five years ago when i i, I can't remember when i stopped eating chocolates years ago i mean i'll still have a chocolate cake here and there um i had a i had a there's a place called doe and co up the road from me sensational food and coffee i had a i had a chocolate muffin there oh decadent chocolate muffin i think that was on friday or thursday i can't remember 
very nice. But my treat once a week to myself, it's not really a treat, it's just something I do every week, I'll have an ice cream. I will have an ice cream. In Madrid, I was in Madrid two weeks ago, not a big deal. You know, I did have two ice creams in the five days, six or six or seven days I was there, five, six days. So I kind of took some time off there, didn't do any exercise that week. Back on it this week though. Went for a run this weekend, both days, no big deal, 18Ks. And then on Sunday, didn't really go for a run. I think it was eight or nine Ks, but I am feeling ill. I'm feeling ill, feeling really, really ill. Wasn't feeling great on Sunday, so I can't remember. I think it was 8Ks. I'll have a look. Got a new watch. Got a new running watch. So I can measure exactly how far. So ice cream, once a week. And if you get cheated on, maybe you deserve it. I think that's the way to start the show. Welcome to the MKT Show. If you have any thoughts on my blasphemous ways, I, I, that's what religious people say if you, as soon as you mention Jesus. I, I Listen, I don't know about other religions, but in the Western world, Christianity still dominates. And if you say anything about Jesus, people say you're blasphemous. If you'd like to comment on that, mkt at the mktshow.com about my blasphemy or anything else. I, I like some of the emails I'm getting. Not really questions, though, you know. I'd like to give, or maybe, you know what? I, I can't say I'd like more ladies to ask questions because maybe women don't listen to the show. And I can understand because I am maybe the, the most patriarchal sort of figure you can get in life, right? I'm male. I'm into girls. <laughs> Or women at my age, 36 women. Um, so I'm heterosexual and I just watch sport. Like I don't really do anything else, you know? I'm not like, oh, let's go to an art festival or whatever. I, I'm not really like a very cultured person. So I can imagine when women are listening to this, they're like, I'm a word. This guy, is, is he like this all the time? Or whatever, you know? So it would be nice to get some emails from ladies, but I guess the people that are going to listen to my show, just because of how I talk and how I see the world, are going to be men. And that's cool. Like, that is what it is. Can't force people to listen to your show or listen to you, quite frankly. So mkt at the mktshow.com if you have questions um, or comments. Otherwise, slide in the DMs. MKT inspires on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. <clears throat> I'm on Instagram. That's where I am. Don't like maybe Twitter, but it's MKT Mike Kilo Tango inspires. MKT inspires on all social media platforms. Slide in the DMs. Ask me some questions. Ask for an opinion. Maybe you met a guy or girl, and you're like, "What should I do next?" Now, my advice is going to be terrible because I'm going to tell you a story that happened to me at St. John's. Which was quite cool in for me, because I live like a hermit life. But it was quite cool in 2023 that this can still happen and nobody got hurt. So maybe you've got a question. I don't know. 
maybe so the question I get the most and maybe maybe I should answer it now people say oh, I've got a son now because I talk about it a lot my favorite time in life playing football nothing's better than that that was four glorious years uh, in Europe but yeah nothing will ever be that but the most genuine fun I've probably had was in boarding school yeah it doesn't get better than that and people always ask me, should I send my son to boarding school? I'm scared, this and that. And if you haven't heard me talk about it before, I say, yes. <clears throat> I think if there's two things you're looking to do for your son, can't speak for women, ask a woman who went to a girls' school. Because from what I've heard, those schools are so much more vicious than boys' schools, but whatever. So I say I, I always say send your son to boarding school if you'd like to do the two following things. If you'd like them to grow up really quickly, and by that I mean learn their place in the world, because boarding school puts you in your place very, very quickly. So I got knocked out twice in the very first year I was there, because I've always been a loud mouth and I went to school with farm boys. They ain't having it. They are not having it. And there's no tittletailing over there, because you do that. It, it only gets worse for you. Don't tell on. Sort it out, son. And if you don't sort it out or learn to sort it out or learn where your place is, you're going to get smacked again. And I got in a few scraps early on. Didn't know my place. Then you learn your place. You learn some respect. And for young men, I, I know it's 2023 and people want to get conscious about it. Bit of a slap in the face. It works. It works. And young men need to learn their place early. Because if you let them go early, you're going to have problems when they're 23. You're going to have big problems then. And it's very, very difficult when their character's already formed and they've been in, sort of enabled and entitled by their peers to pull it back. And the other thing I really like about it, and this is a difficult one to sort of tell parents, because I'm not a very sensitive person, is it knocks a little bit of the softness out of you. Right? So that would be my first point. Like if your child is soft, like that, that can mean whatever it means to you, send them to boarding school. And the other important thing is if you send them to boarding school, don't pick up the phone. Because mommy and daddy want to go and rescue. No, leave them. Wah, it's hard. I'm crying. So what? Life's hard. What are you going to do when your child's 30? Pick up the phone still. I, listen, I see it a lot now. With people that are 36 and don't know how to deal with life because mommy and daddy coddled them. I'm glad my parents didn't coddle me. My dad was super strict until I was 13 and then, hey, all the best out there. My mom coddled me a little bit longer. But I was also a shithead in my 20s, so I needed a bit of that coddling. Having said that, I, I, I'm pretty tough just because of how my dad raised me. Like I've got great survival skills because of my dad and boarding school. And that's it. Like, you know. So if you want to toughen your kids up, don't pick up the phone. Um, so I always say that. But the second part of it. So yes, for toughness and life skills. But the second part I send your kids to boarding school is that it, they will create a, a network in life for themselves outside of you that will last forever. You know. 
And then the one warning that I put to all parents is that it's not for everyone. So once you make that call, understand that three years of boarding school is going to be the hardest years of their lives because they're just going to whinge about it. It's discipline, it's military. And I don't know what it's like now. It sounds like it's getting a bit softer. And I'm not like, uh, you got to go back to hazing days, like whatever, maybe some of the stuff that happened in my day, a little below the belt. Um, and maybe not for a modern society. Um, but I'm still for young men mm, underneath 18, under the age of 18, need a slap in the face a bit. Um, because teenage boys are a nightmare and they don't know their place, especially now. Especially woke young people don't know their place and I think a slap in the face works for everyone. For young men, anyway. Like, I don't know how young women get disciplined. I don't have a daughter. I, I, I don't know what the vibe is there. Maybe they can tell me. But young men need a slap in the face between 6 and 18. And they need it often, actually. And the slap in the face isn't always physical, by the way. Because quite quickly, when you get around other young men, you learn your place very, very quickly. It just is what it is. Uh, people say leaders can be made. I don't believe they can be. They can certainly be refined. But very, very quickly, people learn who they are and you fit into your place. Otherwise, you just get in too, much, too many fights, too much trouble. You're too uncomfortable. And quite frankly, people make fun of you. So it's an exclusive environment for an exclusive personality type. Right? And if you're going to send your son there, you know, and often the kids aren't the problem, actually. Mom, mom and dad, and usually mom, because moms overcoddle sons. That's just what it is. Moms are the problem. Like, he's in trouble. He got punched in the face. So what? Like, why are you here? Why are you here to rescue your son? What are you going to do? Fight with a 15-year-old boy? Like, also, maybe your son's a terrible little shit. No mom wants to hear that, but most teenage boys are little shits. And that stuffing needs to get knocked out of them by their compatriots. Because young men don't listen to you. They're not very good at that. They'll listen to their friends before they listen to mom and dad. So, I would say yes. Especially if you're having problems with a 10, 11 year old. It's very military. Now, there are different types of boarding schools. The ones I went to, or the one I went to, is quite unique. That is what it is. It was brutal. But also my personality type was perfect for it. I was a sportsman. And a little bit of a shit house actually. So it was perfect for me. It was like being on holiday with all of my friends. Causing trouble the whole time. And... Because I'm a sportsman, discipline worked for me. Regimen worked for me when I was younger. So I get that one a lot. But I'd like some other questions. Because I have lots of opinions on other stuff. All right, let's get to the football. Bloody hell, we're 20 minutes in. Somebody said I waffle too much on the podcast. Well, you know, <laughs> this is what it is. All right, let's get into it. What am I talking today? Chelsea. And they are terrible. Tell you why. It was inevitable that they'd go this way. And I read some a ridiculous article about Jurgen Klopp getting sacked. I have a reality check for Liverpool fans. 
and I'll talk about that. But before we get into that, I went to St. John's Rugby Fest, which which was very, very interesting to me. Um, you, you know what's interesting, hey, is the only product in South Africa I will pay for that's world class is schoolboy rugby. And I know this, the Easter festivals are meant to be about other sports. Listen, no one cares about the other sport. Rugby pays for everything and no one cares. Yeah, I, I know people will tell you athletics and hockey and blah, blah, blah. No one cares. It, it's all about rugby. Rugby's king. It's the best sport. It is the warrior sport and that's what people come to watch. And rugby is your gateway to all the other stuff. Now, I don't have the numbers for that. Maybe the people at super sports schools will tell you different, but rugby's the best. It's it's the only one we all really care about, isn't it? And I know people say, what about water polo? And uh, no one cares. Netball, no one cares. No, nobody cares. Went to the rugby. It was amazing. I left a bit early, though. Nice to see a few. So if you are South African, it, it was classic. I can't believe I'm that age. Hey, how's it, boo? All right, Dad. Yes, I haven't seen, in, haven't seen you in forever. How's the... Do you have a girlfriend? Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, I've been married six years. I've got a daughter. <laughs> okay, good for you, bro. Yeah, I saw on Instagram you were traveling or whatever. Is it? Would you work in Spain? No, I don't work in Spain. I'm here. Yeah, what are you talking about? Anyway, it was nice to catch up with one or two old boys. And it was, it was very cool. It was very cool. Nice to see uh, one or two guys doing really, really well. Others doing you know, so St. John's Rugby Fest was fun. I left before uh, the Hilton JP game. Wow, JP are good. Scholarships galore, I would imagine there. JP, that's their thing. Not criticizing, just saying. Just saying. No way JP has that many good rugby players in one team, but sensational. They are very, very good. Hilton's pack, very, very small and not good. Brad McLeod Henderson, though, will turn it around. Nice to see. Nice to see rugby flourishing it was awesome um something that happened to me there though which was quite cool which doesn't really happen because i don't go out that much anymore you know the types of people i meet are just through usually through business now or i say usually only through business or running because that those are the two things that i'm always doing i'm I'm either working networking or running that's it between you and me so I think a lady was flirting with me yesterday and she was very, very hot. But it was nice that in 2023, that can still happen without anybody freaking out about it. So ladies, please, please do that more often because guys like that, by the way. Please don't think we don't like that because of the interwebs. And maybe I shouldn't speak for guys. I know I like it. And she was attractive. Now, did I get a number? Absolutely not, because I, I I don't even want to get into that side of things. But it was very nice. So, ladies, do that more often. St. John's Rugby Fest. Wowzers. What a vibe. And I was gone before 4 o'clock. All of this happened before 4 o'clock. So, fun times. Fun times, ladies. Keep flirting with guys. We like it. I like it. Why do I say we? Maybe some guys don't like it. I... I Maybe they're gay. Gay guys aren't going to like a lady flirting with them. Or, I don't know, maybe guys are like, I'm too shy or whatever. But anyway, some good banter there. She was excellent. She was funny. Good for her. Forgot her name. But, 
yeah, so there's that. Thought I'd share that. It was very cool. Something I'd forgotten. Yeah, it is nice to be flirted with. See if the game's still there. Not really. Not Certainly not what I was when I was 25. Lost my edge. Always working. Although, you've, always, you've either got it or you don't, you know what I mean? I mean, I could still turn it on a little bit. Kind of there, but, you know, it's kind of like a sportsman 28 versus 38, you know? Or 35. Or 33. At 28, top dog, 33. So it's not quite there. But it was fun. All right. Just thought I'd share, share those stories. See, if you slide in the DMs, these are the kinds of things I'll answer. This is not your regular sports show. 25 minutes, haven't even spoken about sport. 25 minutes into the podcast. All right, let's start with Chelsea. Um, they lost. They're terrible. And I'm a Chelsea fan, for those who don't know. But before I address the Chelsea issue, let us let me frame it for you like this. Because I've had this in my life early on. Is, you know, I, again, we live in a very conscious society, but I've always maintained this. Strong male figures right, will always leave a bigger mark than strong female figures. Now, I'm not saying that men are more important. What I'm saying is, through my life experience, strong male figures, right, will swing the pendulum further than a strong female figure either way. I'm not saying women are less important. I'm just saying, through my experience, the presence of men, in a positive sense in particular, has a massive impact on the entire family. But strong male figures, they, they, they leave a mark, okay? And the impact of losing a strong male figure, I've had it in my life, and I've seen it in other people's lives. How it's affected their character, their behavior, and essentially, it can be quite devastating. I know it was for me. And listen, it might be because we live in a patriarchal society a world for men built by men. I, I'm not I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying what it is through my experience. You don't have to agree with me. I'm just telling you what it is. Social conditioning, patriarchal society, whatever you want to call it. But I've just seen the effect of strong male figures, especially when they leave a vacuum. And nature will not abide a vacuum. They say, raise your kids or the streets will. Listen, footballers are people, and Roman Abramovich was the ultimate patriarch. He ran the club with an iron fist, and he, listen, he was a god. Right? He was a domineering father figure. Let me tell you something about all young men, and all men for their entire lives, actually. They want to appease and please their father. These are young men at Chelsea who, under Roman Abramovich, achieved unprecedented success. Remember, they just won the Champions League two years ago, some of these guys. They went to five cup finals in the last two seasons. All under Roman Abramovich. And if there's one thing he was, was hands-on. They know him, and they could feel the pressure, and they could feel his guiding hand, even through all the managers. All young men want to please their fathers. Listen, what this chaos has done is done something that I've always said. Young people are terrible at dealing with chaos. Terrible 
at dealing with chaos. The guy got poisoned. By the way, that was this season. A lot of people seem to think this was like three years ago. Chelsea were sanctioned this year because of a war. And Roman Abramovich was poisoned. We don't know what uh, personal relationships he had with these guys. He bought all of these kids up. He paid for them to come to the club. And the chaos has exposed youth. Young people are terrible in chaos. Terrible. In chaos. Terrible. Do not expose young people to chaos. They don't know what to do. They do not have the wisdom nor the soft skills to deal with it. You know what it's been like? It's like, imagine, maybe you've been in this situation. There's a divorce in your family because of a terrible affair, right? But in the middle of the divorce and all the chaos going in, your stepdad comes in and brings four siblings to live with you while you're dealing with your dad having to move out. Like, imagine that. Like, imagine being 13 years old and you and your two siblings now have to have four new siblings and a stepdad move into your house while your mom and dad are fighting and you're in the middle of all of it. Imagine that. Like, just process that for a sec. Like, four new siblings move into your house. Dad's gone. Where's dad? I don't know. He's a terrible bastard. Or whatever people say. I don't know. My parents were quite good in their divorce. But imagine that. That's what Chelsea's been like, right? Roman out, some new guy in, plus he goes and buys like five or six players. Or hundreds of millions of pounds to replace some of you. Pulisic, Havertz. Please don't think, there's only 11 places. Madueki and Mudrik, those guys are being bought for a reason. Mason Mount, don't get comfortable. As a carrier, those guys are being bought in for a reason. Buddy Ashield's being brought in for a reason. Fofana was brought in for a reason. You know? So all of these young kids, not only dealing with the chaos and loss of a father figure, now there's a new guy, stepdad moves in, he brings the money bags and just starts rearranging your room while he's at it. And actually, my kids are going to be in your room and you're going to move to the shed outside. But the worst part for Chelsea wasn't that, right? Young, young kids are terrible at dealing with chaos. That's not the worst part. Chaos, you know, needs wisdom. Because what wise people have in the most difficult times for me is just clarity. So true leadership is in chaos is to provide clarity. Because that's what people need in chaos. They need clarity. Most of us don't care whether we're going to win or lose. We just want you to take us in a direction in chaos. Great. We're doing this, and these are the steps. Okay, excellent. We're all in. Graham Potter's still learning. At this level, he is still learning. He's a baby. He's wet behind the ears. He was not equipped with the wisdom to guide young men through chaos and make them perform. You see the difference between Tuchel. Tuchel came in in chaos. And Chelsea were a rocket ship. He was clear. He was firm. Unfortunately, Potter seemed like Mr. Nice Guy trying to please everyone and be this modern figure. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Young men need to be controlled and be given direction, especially entitled young men. Because talented, I've been around talented young people. I'll play pro ball. Trust me, footballers are the most entitled humans on the planet. 
what you need is to get an iron fist around a group of them and lead them, lead them in a direction. Do not leave them to do their own thing. And lastly, Lawrence Stewart and Paul Withsanley are, are still too new to, to really have a sporting control of things. So the disconnect between manager, owner, and now the owner is doing three jobs. Do you see how chaotic it is? These are young kids. Chelsea's young as well. It's a young squad. It's not AC Milan of the 80s and 90s where you've got grown men. It's not Chelsea. You, you know, Jose Mourinho had a great interview where he said, I forget who he referenced in the new age. I think he was referencing Pogba, but he said Frank Lampard is somebody who he'll take um, over anyone because he, he was a man at 24, 25. He was a grown man at 24, 25. And I've always told people, sportsmen don't get paid for talent. You get paid for unique maturity. You get paid for unique maturity. Not one of these Chelsea guys gets into 2003 Chelsea squad just because they're not uniquely mature enough. That squad went through chaos. Remember that turnaround from... <laughs> I mean, Roman came in and just upheaval. John Terry, Frank Lampard, rock solid. History makers. Went on to be two of the greatest players the league's ever seen and then Chelsea have ever seen. In chaos, they were grown men. But the most troubling part for Chelsea, and this is one they're going to have to get a hold of. I said it last week. The owner's too loud. The owner's too loud. The one great thing about Roman Abramovich, although it was clear that his imprint was on the club, he didn't talk. He didn't talk. You have a manager for that. You have a sporting director for that. You have sporting people to do that. I'm hearing too much of Todd Bowley. I'm hearing too much about him. And listen, stuff doesn't get out in the newspapers unless it's happened. He needs to be quiet now. Remember, I've told you, an A-class owner is deep pockets, no talking. Man City have the dream ownership. Man City have the dream ownership in sport. Problem with PSG is exactly that. The owner guy runs the fund for Qatar. So he's talking all the time. It's not your job. Your job is to be the money. That's it. Let the sporting people do the sporting job. Why is the PSG guy always talking? He talks too much. Todd Bully, you're talking too much. He's on Twitter. Like, no, I don't want my owner being involved in this stuff. I don't want my owner sounding like me. Roman Abramovich, Sheikh Monsieur, those are the owners you want. Deep pockets, don't say a word. Let people get on with their jobs. Todd Bully's trying to do everyone's job. Uh-uh. Disastrous. Disastrous. So the Chelsea situation was inevitable because it's chaos. And there's very few people in the world. There are very few people in the world that can function in chaos. Very, very few. And if they're out there, they're at an investment bank. They're playing for Man City, for Real Madrid. There aren't any generational players in this Chelsea team. Thiago Silva maybe, but he can no longer lift the squad like he could. But there's no Lampard, Carvalho, Drogba, generational player. There isn't a single player in this team where you go, oh my God, look at that. I've never. But you say Drogba, never seen that before. Lampard, are you kidding me? He's top 10 goal scorers in Premier League history. You've never seen another midfielder get into the top 10 Premier League goal scoring midfielders. 
And I mean a proper midfielder, not like Kevin De Bruyne, who's a luxury player who could actually be a striker. Frank Lampard, a genuine box-to-box midfielder, 177 Premier League goals. Are you kidding? John Terry, place him wherever you like. Top 10, top 20. I'd say top five centre-backs the Premier League has ever seen. He's in the top five. He's not the best. Vidic is, but he's generational. Ivanovic, Ashley Cole, these are grown-ups. Peter Cech, one of the most... His IQ, I think, is the highest of any Premier League player ever. I remember that, uh, reading that in a report, along with Frank Lampard. Uniquely mature individuals. Claude Makelele. I mean, a position got named after him. These are the people you're dealing with. Versus now... It's, it's a lot of TikTok guys now. And I know, we, we live in this modern society and... To my, to my point earlier about boarding school is if you are not hard on your kids early when the chaos comes as you see with Chelsea they don't know what to do a lot of these guys are wunderkinds who got spoiled trust me when you're talented people don't say no to you you don't hear the word no football is very especially the type of players that Chelsea have if you're gifted the academies will let you get away with blue murder and now none of them are grown-ups. They can't deal with adversity. It's always the manager's fault. We're two managers in now. Come now. But I will say this. It's chaotic at Chelsea. And the ownership's not helping. So this was inevitable. People can't function in chaos. Nobody can. Nobody can function in chaos. I'll give more thoughts on Chelsea about what I think in the future. But at the moment, this was inevitable. Todd Bully has not helped at all. He, he's been the worst part of it. You know, when you make a mistake in life, or you have chaos, the, the last thing you want to do is make it worse with your behavior as the leader. And Todd Bully has been, wow. Petroleum on an open flame. Chelsea are as bad as they've ever been in Premier League history right now. Absolutely incredible. How bad they are. Absolutely incredible. At MKT Inspires, hit me up in the DMs. Your thoughts if you're a Chelsea fan or hate Chelsea. I know a lot of people hate Chelsea. Puts a smile on my face. But but wow, this is bad. Having said that, whenever Chelsea are this bad, they win the, they win the Champions League, don't they? <laughs> it's hysterical. All right, move on to Liverpool. Um, I read an article where people are saying Jurgen Klopp should get fired. You know, here's the thing about people. A little bit of success. I've, I've given this example before, but I think we all know the guy who wasn't really the guy in school and then somewhere in his 30s he starts to make a bit of money and he thinks that that'll make him cool and he thinks people that know him will forget because he's got a model girlfriend now and a nice car. Like, no, dude, we know who you are. Talk to me like that. <laughs> and you know... um, Oh, that's in John's Rugby Fest. Met up with a few old old boys from school. And some of the guys are fat. Some of them are rich. Some of them are successful. Some of them have beautiful wives. But what was amazing was when we met up, everybody reverted to their roles like we were in, in our boarding house. It was so funny. It was so funny. You, you know, the funny guys and the sort of guys who would prod just took up those roles. And some guys, you know, the guys who would take the banter, took the banter and... And whatever, it didn't matter how beautiful your wife, how rich you were, but for 25 minutes, I didn't stay too long. 
but we sort of recaptured a little bit of that because there was about 10 of us. And we all just reverted to type, you know. And I, I thought about it after I came home. It's like, at your core, you are who you are. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of leadership training. There's no job. There's no title that's going to change who you are. At our core, we are who we are. Alphas are alphas and betas are betas. It just is what it is. And I, I mean, I was somewhere in between, I think. Probably learned, I overcompensated trying to lean into the alpha thing a little bit. You know, but I've just got an aggressive personality type, so I probably lean more that way. But we are who we are. And a flash in the pan, a nice job, a promotion, a Porsche doesn't change who you are. You are who you are. You know, people, these Liverpool fans who say Jurgen Klopp should be fired and they can't believe how bad they are. It's just a lack of perspective. But I guess in the YouTube age, people always just live in the moment, right? It's a, there's a recency bias to like last week, to last season. But maybe if you zoom out a little bit, it's like, in 30 years, right, the English Premier League started in 1992. In 30 years, Liverpool have been a loser club. Because if you take, so, so in life, I have a rule, right, how I judge myself and I judge others. In whatever you do, you are not your best year, you're not your worst year. Take the median, so add everything else together and divide it by the amount of years and find the median. That's what you are. So maybe if you're in sales, it, it, it'll be a bit easier for you to sort of understand this thinking. You are not your worst year in sales. You are not your best year in sales. Take everything else and divide it by um, how many years you've been in sales. And that's what you are. Liverpool in 30 years, average being 4.3. So that's about fifth, right? So it's outside the top four. So you're the fifth, fifth best club over 30 years. All right, Jurgen Klopp, I said two years ago on the podcast, I would have let him go then because I believe in every relationship you should move on a year early rather than a year late in everything. I've always believed that. I've, and, and you know what? I've always stuck to it so far in everything I've done. One thing I'm really, really good at, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good at very few things. I'm really good at being selfish and self-preservationist. So I always leave a year early than a year late. I've done it everywhere in my professional life and it's always been the right call because I'm quite aggressive with that. I'm super aggressive with that. I would have moved on from Jurgen Klopp two years ago. People say, yes, but Liverpool had the, probably their best season ever last year. Yeah, you won nothing and now look. And now look. It's getting ugly. But for people to suggest Jurgen Klopp has been a failure is absolutely insane Liverpool are the fifth best club in Premier League history that's 30 years now stop telling me about 1983 no one cares it's 30 years that's three decades in 30 years you are the fifth best club in England you are where you should be right the the, the club years have been an anomaly being fifth sixth seventh is what Liverpool is. 
you shouldn't be sacking Jurgen Klopp. You should be going, oh, thank you. At least you're where we expect to be. But people don't <laughs> have perspective. They look at the last four or five years and they go, oh, this is what we are. No, you're not. No guy who just bought a Porsche because you got a promotion and now girls find you slightly more attractive. Like, we know what you are. You can lie to them, not to us. We know you, pal. Yeah? Like, if you're an insecure person, we know that. If you're a mean person, we already know that about you. If you're a deceptive person, you're not going to lie to us. You can lie to the, to the new model who sees your Ferrari or Porsche. Lie to me. Liverpool are, a, Liverpool are a loser club by Premier League standards. They're the fifth best club. If you don't believe me, go and add up their placing in Premier League history from 1992 until 2023. And tell me I'm a liar. 4.3 average, average position. That means they average finishing outside the top four. Don't make the anomaly the rule. Don't fire Jurgen Klopp now. Because now what? <clears throat> now what? Who, who do you go and get? Nagelsmann. Who do you go and get now? I would have fired him two years ago because you know who was available? Carlo Ancelotti. He is the only man. Carlo Ancelotti is the only man who could replace Jurgen Klopp. And I think would be better for the club. Because I think he's a better coach. But whatever, people like the vibe of Jurgen Klopp. And I also kind of like that. What do you do now? The nice thing about quitting or leaving somewhere on your terms is that you can then determine your trajectory. Because you've already thought of the options. Okay, when I leave here, I'm going to take six months off, but I'm going to apply for these six places. When you wait too long, those jobs are gone. The people you want to work with are employed elsewhere. The world moves on. Carlo Ancelotti's gone. Pep Guardiola's gone. There's no one else left now. What are you going to do? Graham Potter? What's next for Liverpool? And it's not going to change Liverpool to change the manager. Because again, finishing between 5th and 8th is what Liverpool Football Club is. So stop looking at the now and going, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're outside the top four. This is the end of the world. Liverpool are better than this. No, they're not. And I'm not saying that because I'm not a Liverpool fan. I'm saying the numbers tell you you're the fifth best club in English football history. So you're actually in your place right now. So you should be extra grateful for the last four or five years. I'm just telling you what it is. Winning the Champions League doesn't make you a great club. By the way, I, I know people lean into that. Winning the league title is where it's at. You've got one league title equal to Blackburn and Leicester in Premier League history, by the by. Blackburn and Leicester have the same success in Premier League history as Liverpool. That's who you're competing with now. 4.3 is Liverpool's average position. Don't sack Jurgen Klopp now because you've, you've waited too long. You've waited too long. You should have moved on two years ago. But now to sack him and to say he's underachieving is so short-sighted. Because he's achieving actually what Liverpool are. Can't say that enough. You have to keep Klopp another two years now. You have to wait for Ancelotti to get fired or maybe for Pep at the end of the year. Maybe they win the double, win the treble. And you see, you go and knock on his door and say, mate, if you can build two dynasties in England, 
forget that Alex, Alex Ferguson guy, you're going to be greatest in Spanish and English history. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? And listen, Pep's got a massive ego. He would take it. But you're going to have to wait now. Like now there's nothing you can do. You've put yourself in a corner because you didn't dictate the situation by going, Jürgen, thanks so much. Thanks for the title. Thanks for the Champions League. See ya. That's what should have happened because then you could have got Carlo Ancelotti. But you know what Real Madrid did? They're like, oh, we can see what the ecosystem is here. Mm-mm. Jörg Heineckes has gone. The great coaches are gone now. The, the other one that's left is Mourinho, who's not finished, by the way. But that, that's a conversation for a different podcast. Liverpool are where they are. Don't sack Klopp. You're a loser club who just happens to be in a purple patch. 4.3 is your average position. You're the fifth best club with a guy who's a perfect manager for your club. Good vibes. All heart. Chest pumping. But ultimately, not great. He's not a great manager. Nobody thinks Jurgen Klopp's a great manager. Maybe Liverpool fans do because, again, their standards are very low. They thought Rafa Benitez was a great manager. Gerard Houllier was a great manager. But it's because they're a loser club. None of those managers, none of the managers I've just mentioned compare to Jose Mourinho, Carlo Ancelotti, Arrigo Sacchi. When we talk about great, by the way, great is rarefied. Pep Guardiola. I'd argue Roberto Mancini with Jurgen Klopp. I'd argue that. Maybe you're starting to talk about the same level. Manuel Pellegrini. That's the level Jurgen Klopp's at. And and those are very, very good managers. But there's rarefied air, and he's not there, and neither are Liverpool. In Premier League standards, Liverpool are not Man City, they are not Chelsea, and they are not Man United. There's nothing you can go, listen, go, you can argue with your uncle, Black. But Liverpool are Blackburn and Leicester. You have one title. Don't come talk to me about we almost or could have. I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to hear it. You know, I, I could have married Kira Knightley. No one cares. That's not a true story, by the way, but you get what I'm saying. Nobody, nobody talks about the guy who could have or nearly got the girl. No one cares, mate. This is elite sport, not Montessori and woke 2023 society. Sorry, no one cares about your feelings. When we get to the sharp end, did you win or did you lose? Right? That, like, that's the world I live in. You know, I like I, I'm, you know, pretty soon getting back into the entrepreneurial space. And why I love the entrepreneurial space as opposed to sort of corporate, the corporate world is you win or you lose. It's nice and clear, you know, uh, like there's and I like being in charge because there's no room to hide. You know, I see a lot of hiding in the industry I'm in now. People hide everywhere. You, like Jurgen Klopp, did you win or did you lose? There we go. And you won once. Okay, cool. So did Ranieri. And so did Blackburn. So what do I do about that? I saw Jose Mourinho win two in a row. Saw Carlo Ancelotti win a double. Like, what are we doing about that? Are we doing anything about that? I saw Pellegrini win multiple titles. I saw Mancini win titles. What are we doing about that? Hmm? That's all I'm saying. All right. That's the show. The MKT show. Hit me up. MKT Inspires on the socials. 
oh, something that happened. I, I, I'm not replying to DM flirts. You know, in my world, that's just a one-way ticket to, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not doing that. Don't do that. Come on. Come on, guys. Yes, I, and yes, I've gotten that a lot. Well, not a lot, but enough times to go, you know, no, I'm not replying to that. My tactic is I delete it immediately because you only need to reply once and then you're like trapped forever. You know, people screenshot it. So I've just got a policy like, no, I'm not even opening that door. But if I meet you in real life, like the lady at St. John's, who knows? Yeah, I am single, but don't slide in the DMs for that. <laughs> let's let's meet in real life somewhere. Let's meet in real life somewhere. I got a reply from a story I had last week. <laughs> so I told you, a friend of mine, his sister's a model in Madrid now. He not only does he listen to the show, and he does, he's a good friend of mine. He sent her the podcast, and she sent me a voice note, by the way. And because I'm a shameless bastard, like, <laughs> I think he thought it would be awkward. But I was like, this is awesome. You know? So, hey, if I go to Madrid again, I might come back married. <laughs> no. No, no, I don't, I don't think I'll... don't think I'll be married. Uh, don't, don't think I... Yeah, let me, <laughs> yeah, I, I won't be married in Madrid, but it was very funny. He played along and so did she. So, you know, maybe she's got other friends for me to marry. Shouldn't marry your friend's sister. I've, I've never understood that. It's, it's, it's societal suicide. Inevitably in this day and age, it's a 50-50 chance of getting divorced. Now you lose a wife and a friend because... Everyone has to pick sides. Nobody is going to say, oh, you divorced my sister, but you're a really nice guy. Let's be friends still. No way. Never understood that. Why do guys do that? Why would you date your friend's sister? What kind of idiot are you? I don't care how good of a guy you think you are. You're more likely to break up with someone than to stay with them, whether into marriage or girlfriend, boyfriend. Like most couples we meet don't get married, right? Like otherwise we'd have sort of two billion marriages. But it's not how it works. And they and however many marriages there are, those end in divorce. I'm saying two billion because I don't really know how many Western adults are of marriage age that aren't married. I don't know what the numbers are. Don't hold my feet to the fire. This just came to my mind. I wasn't going to talk about this. Yeah, the, the voice note was very funny. It was very, very funny. I, oh, I thought it was funny. And she, yeah, <laughs> I can't really say what she said, but it was quite funny. And she's got a Spanish accent, so it's even funnier. Yeah, bloody hell. I'm living some other kind of life, honor. MKT inspires. Slide in the DMs. <laughs> what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Hope you're having, um, hope you're having a good Easter. Whatever you're doing. It's Monday now. So I hope you are spending time with family. You know, I like that. 
I spent some time with some family. My sister has moved to Paris, France. Tried to phone my sister today, twice. Maybe pick up the phone, you know what I mean? Now, has she gone to France and left us behind? She, she's lived in France before, so there's no need to change on us now. Like, we're not impressed. Do you know what I mean? Like, my mom lived in Switzerland. It's much nicer than France. France is a bit of dump, by the way. And luckily, my sister doesn't listen to the podcast. She's one of those people who's so enlightened, you know? Like, you know these enlightened people who don't watch sport and they just think, how do you, how do you watch such Neanderthal things? Like, oh, wow. Just like religious people, you're so much better than us. Wow. So evolved. Don't jump in a lake, is what I say. Don't jump in a lake in France, though. It's dirty and scummy. People asked me what I thought of Madrid. I said it was a clean Paris. Paris is slimy, isn't it? It's, ugh, it's gross. It is gross, and the food's not that good. But anyway, my sister's moved there. She's not picking up the phone. Not sure if she's left her family behind now and doesn't care about us anymore. Could be that. Like... My mom lived in Zurich and Geneva. It's much nicer than where you are now. We're not impressed. Your mom as well. She lived in Geneva. Lake Geneva, by the way, if, if you ever make some money, you want to take some time out and you want to realize what relaxation is, go to Geneva, spend some time. Lake Geneva, oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Get out of here. People are in Paris thinking we're impressed. MKT Show, thanks for listening.